Corey. And I'm Samantha. And, and we're, we're Coco, Coco and, and Jojo. Jojo. So we're back for another week. Yeah. <laughs> this um, time with no series to review. No, no TV series. We actually watched a movie. Um, and we'll get into it, but we did watch one that's in theaters right now. Yep, let them go. Yep, let them go. Um, we watched it, uh, rented it on Amazon Prime, I think. Yep. So we'll get to that. Um, we are testing out a new microphone, so big kudos to us. Yeah, we're trying to fix those audio issues that some of you have, may have picked up on. Yeah, I was re-listening to the podcast last week in my car, um, just like a little bit in the beginning, not really the whole thing, but um, I felt like it was hard to hear a lot of the conversation, and sometimes Corey speaks a little softer than I do, and we just felt like, in general, the audio just didn't sound, you know, all that great, so... We've been wanting to get a microphone. It just took us a while, so we finally went out last night and grabbed one um, from Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy to find them out in the stores. No, I mean we went to Target, and for an upstart podcast, the microphones they had were ones that you wouldn't want to get right away. Yeah, they were more out of our budget than we were um, planning. So. Maybe maybe when you guys tell your friends about us and we <laughs> gain some more. <laughs> listens we can afford yeah. a bigger mic true <laughs> maybe then we'll upgrade yeah. <laughs> as the uh, follows come in um so if you're new here welcome uh we're happy to have you join us we are just a um fun-loving couple that likes to watch tv shows and movies together and review it on here for fun who's gonna start to try to give you maybe some more behind the scenes photos and blooper stuff yeah, we have a couple that we um, recorded and I took a picture. So uh, we have an Instagram page if you want to follow us on, I think it's at the Coco Jojo Show. Let me pull it up right, right here while we're doing this. Um, and you can follow us there. I post just kind of the new shows that were coming out. It's called at Coco underscore Jojo underscore show. So give us a follow if you like. Um, you obviously found out where to listen to us if you're listening, so I don't need to go into too much detail about that, but Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, there's other platforms that I'm not really familiar with that I know we're on, so welcome, share, like Corey said, rate, um, all that fun stuff. Anything else exciting happened this week? I don't think I can think this, of too much. No, this week has been more about prepping for... Christmas, like yeah. it's starting to buckle down because we're what two weeks out. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, so I mean, everyone's starting a Christmas shop. We are doing by we, I mean, Samantha's doing a good job buttoning up all the gifts. Yeah, I don't do too much on that end, admittingly. She runs ideas by me, I give the yay or the nay, and sometimes that doesn't even matter. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a meme today. I don't know if I can... Oh, wait, yeah, I'm going to pull it up. I saw a meme today about um, Christmas shopping. I'll let you tell them what it looks like. Read it. So it's pictures of a lady drinking at the top. Well, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. So it's a picture of Baby Yoda drinking World's Greatest Mom Cup, and it says, Every mom watching you open 
presents Christmas morning. And then it shows a picture of Baby Yoda with its mouth wide open, surprise saying, every dad just as surprised as you. <laughs> I sent it to Ma. Oh. Uh, I just think it's funny. There might be a gift or two under there that you will be surprised about. Yay. Yeah. Anyways. But yeah, like Corey said, I pretty much do most of the Christmas shopping. So, anyway, we almost have it buttoned up. What yep. we do, for the most part, just have to get parents some stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then we'll be done. You last minute ones. So that's got to feel good. Samantha, yeah. almost be done. Oh, yeah. Gee, thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're close. And we've made it now 14 days post our travels to New York. So everybody seemed to come out, you know, without being sick from the COVID. So that's good and exciting. Um, what else? Anything else really happened this week? Pretty low key. I had to work most of the oh, week. You worked T most of the Swizzle, week. T Swizzle, Taylor Swift, released a new album this morning at midnight. Uh, it's her birthday today. Happy birthday, Taylor, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. <laughs> She's turning the big 3-1. What's this album called? Evermore. It's the sister album to Folklore, which she released... Um, About five months ago. I was going to say like six months ago. Um, so I did hear that she just had so much material and stuff from when they did recording sessions that she didn't use those, but it influenced her to keep going and yeah, continue the sound. Yeah, she inspired. She's, this new, um, the two new albums, I guess, are sound that is kind of groundbreaking breaking for her. It kind of is like a new path that she's enjoying. She isn't, it's not country and it's not pop. It's definitely a... I don't really know the avenue, but it's like an indie sound yeah, almost. Yeah, that's what I was thinking today, too. Definitely like a very folk-type sound. So we have our kitten here. Um, I'm hoping she's not... Of course, you know, all evening, she doesn't make a single sound. Now you can hear her over here meowing like crazy. And I'm hoping she'll quiet down for the rest of the show. We have a kitten that's about six months old, maybe a little bit older, and I think she's hitting that point in her <laughs> growing body where she turns into a woman so anyways we gotta get her into the vet and get it fixed at some point sooner than later um you were talking about taylor's album do you like it oh yeah i listened to it today and um i have to listen to it a couple more times i think same thing with folklore. I had to listen to it a few times before I could get into it. The songs are not as upbeat and stuff as she has done in the past. It's very similar to the sound of folklore, for sure. Uh, the Grammys are around the corner, and her folklore is nominated for Album of the Year, along with, I think, the Black Pumas debut self-titled album, um, Chalumbo by Janae Aiko, Hollywood is Bleeding by Post Malone. Those are some of the ones I know, but anyways, I just put those out there because out of the ones I read through, I have a strong feeling Taylor's going to have a big Grammy night. Oh, I really? didn't see a lot of competition, let's yeah. put it that way. Huh. For Do you her. think it was just because of the year 2020? Um, do you think there was... I mean, you're bigger into the music scene than I am, so do you think there was a lot that was put out this year in comparison to last year? There was a lot of music this year, but I yeah, I don't know if I thought that... 
I'm mostly, for those of you who don't know, into like hip hop and R and B music. And I wouldn't say that there was super strong albums put out this year because some of the ones that I personally liked weren't even nominated, which is always an issue with the Grammys though. The fans, for in the instance, I thought The Weeknd put out the best album of the whole year. Yeah. He was not nominated. <laughs> and he made a big stink about it. He, it seems to be his year. Blinding Lights was the number one song in the country for most of the year. The Weeknd's also performing at the Super Bowl because it's been his year. So for them to not even give him a nod is really weird. Yeah. So... But I'm also not into the other music. So for me personally, The Weeknd put out the best album. Yeah. But obviously not to them and some other, some other people, I'm sure, don't care about that music. Yeah, I don't even know. You know, I'm not as into the music scene, so. Um, well, we're still waiting on Adele to put out her album. Eminem did put out an album this year. Adele, if you're listening, I know you and Taylor like to listen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting, girl. <laughs> We, we think that something's coming, right? Because she did some interviews and stuff. Yeah, she seems to be out in the public eye a little bit more. I don't know if it's to show off her weight loss, but she's not one to... I think she's had the weight loss for a while. I don't think she's coming out just to show And I don't off. think she's one that looks for attention, so yeah, I don't no, think that's any of it. Her, our two favorite artists, for people who may not know, are Adele and Eminem, and both of them seem to be more like reclu- recluse. Yeah. Not they big don't... into that. No. Eminem... Only in the light when they need to be. And Eminem really doesn't come out unless... It's a really big platform, um, and it's really small promotion normally because he likes to put out surprise. His last two albums have best just been those surprise albums. Yeah. No, no promotion. Just boom! Well, all of a sudden, seems, you're on Apple. That seems to be the thing, anyways, mm-hmm. these days with a lot of big um, stars. Yeah, but his album did come out this year and didn't get any Grammy nomination. Mm-hmm. But I feel like. The country is over a 46-year-old rapper at this point, and right. rightfully so, I guess. Yeah. He still has his hardcore fan base. Um, oh, I want to talk about something that I was just talking to you about, I think it was yesterday, and I, it might be a big topic right now. I'm not really positive. I've just seen it on a couple things on my social media, but um, that um, execution that they did, the federal execution... I think his name was Brandon Bernard, maybe. I'm not positive. Um, who, who, I guess, apparently, from what I've read, anyways, there haven't been quite as many executions in the past 20 years, and all of a sudden, in the past six months, there's been more than there have been in, I don't know, years. Um, and apparently, this is something that the president is doing on his way out. So there was a big thing about this guy getting executed. He was in a crime when he was 18, and um, it was a group of boys, I think, from the Army base or around the Army base in Texas, and this couple was kidnapped, I think, or robbed. I think it was like a um, kind of like a, a robbing situation, and they ended up shooting them. And I don't think he's one of the ones that shot them. I think he was just part of the larger crowd that was, you know, part of the crime, but he was one of the ones that was 18, and the other kids were all under, a lot of kids were under 18, so he got charged with, um, what do they call it, death penalty, and he's now 40, and yesterday, for some reason, was the day of his execution. How is it that they get charged at 18, and it doesn't happen until he's, like, 40? 
the execution itself. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't know the judicial system yeah. that well to speak on it. I would say there would be lots of appeals or him fighting his case. Yeah. Also, it has to get looked at and everything go through. It just gets processed. Just crazy that like it takes. It would else. take that long for it to actually. Well, I think there was a hold at one point on executions. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that had to do with anything. Like you said, like you've said, I literally just saw like bits and pieces of it on um, Instagram and I know Kim Kardashian was pushing hard to try to get people to speak out. Some other celebrities I heard were trying to speak out against it as well. Um, apparently he had been like an exemplary um, prisoner and he helped the youth and he really turned his life around while in prison. So all people felt like it was an unfair um, sentence and a lot of the, apparently the jury members um, had different opinions on it now versus when the case actually happened or something. Um, I don't know, just was wondering any of your thoughts or anything on it. Like I said, I mean, I don't know too much about the story. I didn't really look into it too deeply. So, um, the only thing I would say is it is crazy. Uh, Even at 18, I still feel like you're a baby like to get hit with that charge i have a huge problem and i still do with you being able to join the military you're an adult you can have consensual sex all that stuff at 18 but then you can't drink until 21 i think that's an issue it almost sets like 21 as the precedent where you're mature enough Mm. So why are we allowing all these rules right. at 18? Right. I think it should be bumped up. Or why are you trying kids at 18 as adults? Uh, yeah. I just think a lot of the rules in our society should either either bring the alcohol one down to 18, which I think is a bad idea. Right. I don't want teenagers drinking and driving because they're going to. They do anyways. Yeah. But you're going to do it at a higher yeah. rate. So I think a lot of our stuff needs to be bumped to 21. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I kind of see that taking a different spin on it in the healthcare. Um, world as well. When kids turn 18, they're considered adults and they automatically, well not automatically, but for the most part, end up going to the adult world, which is a really tough transition for kids to handle because I currently work in a pediatrician office, but prior to this, I've worked always in adult uh, medicine and the adult world is 100, a million times different than the pediatric, pediatric world. Um, and so some pediatricians will carry their you know, kids for a little bit if they're in college and stuff like that and let them transition slowly. Some will send them right away. And I think that those kids get lost in that transition because they're not old enough to be an adult and manage themselves and take care of themselves like that. And there's not that support there at that level, um, which kind of falls in line with what you're saying, I think. I also think to spitball off of the 21 is now with college being such a big part of society and you kind of have to go to really find your way and be and really be successful and strive for you don't have to but it's an easier path if you do nowadays it's kind of set that way at 21 you're almost done with school or you are done with school so you have a degree you've matured you've gone through yeah definitely so I think if you had like all of a sudden an illness at 21, you just went through all of college. You should be pretty mature by right. then and been right. through some stuff. I think you're ready. Because even going through college, you start to learn to take on stuff yourself. Right. Even if it's just at that like education level, you know, like your schooling stuff. But you learn how to manage your own bills a little bit. You learn how to, you know. And I say out of college, but maybe like, 
maybe you didn't go to college and you've been in the work world for four years. Right. That'll mature you quickly. Right. Or you've been in the military and you just did your four-year term and you're all done with that. Yeah. You'll be pretty mature after you just got yeah. done in the service. So, But you're just, saying that they shouldn't even be able to go in the service until they're 21. Uh, it, yeah. I, I guess I just... You're right. I don't think they should be. But I just think 21 just seems like a yeah. a better line of maturity level. Yeah, I remember agreed. myself at 18. I, it was my first year of college because I was younger. I mean, I was 16 turning 17 in high school in my senior year. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine my very first year of college having all that put on me. Like being able to be tried for that. Oh, right. Yeah. I, I know. wouldn't even be mature Think enough to know what was... Think mistakes you were making at 18. And I wouldn't have even been mature enough to know what was going on. Right. I would have had all my trust in a lawyer who I probably wouldn't know very well because I wouldn't have been able to afford a good one. Yeah. Definitely. So... And I don't know... I don't, like I said, I don't... I guess I should have done more research, but I don't know if they were in the military or not. I just heard it was about around one of the uh, military bases down in Texas. Um... So I don't know what the full story is, but yeah, I think it's crazy that some of the kids that were, even if they were, I think they ranged from like 15 to, to 19 or something, I'm not sure. But there were some, um, maybe maybe they were only a couple months younger than him and they just got tried completely different. And then from what I've seen, and like people are posting pictures and stuff, and he's he met his kids and... Um, got to know his kids through a glass wall. He never even mm-hmm. got to touch it or hold his kids. Um, and there's pictures of his family visiting him at prison. And, you know, from what you can see in the pictures, he looks like he's, you know, yeah, maybe not quite the same person that he was at 18, which is a good chance because I'm not the same person I was at 18. In 22 years in prison, you would think there'd be some reform. Yeah. I so, think it either goes one of two ways that long in prison, I think you either become institutionalized and you become a prisoner. And if you were released into the, into society, you would, you would feel actually lost and not fit in because 22 years has passed and you don't know anything else about prison life and it's going to be weird. And I think that's why a lot of people get out and just commit another crime just to go back because this world is just way, they're lost. Yeah. Or you go through reform, you better yourself, and you have, like, a desire to get out. Yeah. And it seems like well, maybe he has a desire to get out. And I think, too, the difference might be the support you have outside of prison. So if you don't have family and people to support you outside of prison, except for the people that maybe helped get you in prison, then, yeah, I can understand being completely lost. But it seemed like he had a huge family support system. Um, so for if he were to ever get out, it seems like that would have, you know... Absolutely, because I mean, when you get out, you're out. You don't have a job. You don't have anything. Right. It's up to you so to you figure it out. You yeah. need people. You need to rely on people and have the support. And it doesn't seem like a lot of communities really have that for the prisoners either when they're released. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just kind of off on their own. I feel like honestly, that's a big problem with our military too. I feel like when you're done with the military, you're kind of out on your own. They don't really set you up yeah, with a job, and that's, true. that's why there's a lot of companies that are like, oh, we hire v- veterans, you know, because yeah. there are. There's not a lot for them. Yeah. That's a whole other yeah. topic. So. Interesting. I was just bringing it up. Yeah. It was, seemed like it was something that was big. Um, you know, I'm not taking away from anything that happened to the victims or anything like that, but just talking about current stuff going on. Um, anything else? Our elf on the shelf. 
the kids are upstairs sleeping, but our elf took a fall this week. So um, she is bandaged up and resting today. <laughs> She's bedridden for the day. I kind of wish I made it longer than just a day. <laughs> but anyways, um, yep, Santa made her all better. Another note probably could keep her bedridden for another day. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I did see the people with quarantining yeah. <laughs> for 14 days. All right, so let's get into our movie, you think? Um, so we rented Let Him Go. It is in theaters, like we said. And can you tell us who is in it, Corey? Uh, it's the main stars would be Diane Lane and Kevin Costner. They play Margaret and George Blackledge, who mm-hmm. are an older couple. Uh, they lose their their son to a, a horseback riding accident. Um, their son was married and had a child, a, a, a son, so they have a grandson. And the widowed mother doesn't seem to be that close with the Blackledge family, so she well, she off. also doesn't seem to have a family of her own either. Right. But she goes off and marries um, this guy that is part of the Wee Boy family. And it's, uh, years, it's years later, though, years she later. gets married. Yeah, she gets married and ma- marries Donnie Wee Boy. The Wee Boys are a rough group of people from a, so we find out. From a small town mm-hmm. in North Dakota. And they take in the, the mother. Uh, her, her name in the movie is Lorna. They take in Lorna and the child, and um, like we said, they're a rough group of people. The Blackledges are nervous of the situation that Lorna has put herself and the child in. So um, the mom, what's her name? The Mrs. Blackledge? Margaret. Margaret. um, Diane Lane. She is out in town one day and sees Lorna and her new husband with her grandson, who is... um, you know, their dead son's son. Um, and the new husband is kind of abusing, um, yelling at them and kind of smacking Lorna. Not kind of. He smacks the kid and Lorna right right in public, and yeah. Margaret sees it. Yeah, and so that's where she starts to get concerned. That's where she realized that this may not be a good situation that they're in. So she goes to try to find them at their apartment that they helped them move into, and they haven't seen them in a few you know months or whatever. And she finds out from a neighbor that they left in the middle of the night, and they packed all their stuff up and they left to go to his family's house. So that's when they go on the um, adventure to go find this family, and they don't know much about it. But as they get closer to where they're from, they learn that a lot of the town is scared of the wee boy family and that they're no good. Yeah, they're ran by uh, evil mother Blanche. Evil, evil mother Blanche. Uh, so that's the, I don't want to go too into the plot, yeah. but that's the plot line. Um, surface notes, things that I liked, I'll go into first. I thought uh, Diane Lane and Kevin Costner did good acting jobs, yeah. but I didn't expect anything less from them. Right. Can you just, um, for people that aren't super big like actor and actress, whizzes like you can you just say what the other two have been in like kevin costner kevin costner just you, you should know some. at this point water world okay, dances with wolves you just wanted there. to know water world because you like that movie okay i do like that movie <laughs> yes but i now that you say it i realize that that's him in it but i would not have known that because that, that's me i don't pick up on that so that's why i wanted you to say where he's been in because he's a big actor me and, and my if family can't place where he's at this is something me that. my dad and my mom were all I guess I am 
guilty by association. My dad and mom were big Kevin Costner fans. Mm-hmm. So as a kid growing up, I saw a lot of Pushing Tin, um, The movie. Postman, Dances with Wolves, The Water Worlds. The, now he has Yellowstone series that I wanted to watch, oh, but I haven't. Oh, mom's been watching? Yeah, but I haven't seen. I've heard really good things about it. So um, we also saw one where he has a daughter named Eloise in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, We saw that right before. uh, Granddaughter. Excuse me. Granddaughter in that one. I don't remember what that was. But he was in that. He's in a movie called The Draft, which is based on the NFL Draft. I could go on and on. He's been in tons of movies. Diane Lane is um, most known for The the Affair. I I think it's called. Excuse me, guys. It's with Richard Gere. I know you guys would know it um, if you heard the name. I'm pretty... What is it called? He's looking it up real fast. Yeah. She was in movies you guys would know. A Walk on the Moon. I don't know that one. Uh, She was in Murder at 1600. That was a big movie. She's a 90s actress. She's in Judge Dredd. She's in... You're killing me with this quick... (laughs) <laughs> she's been in because Diane Lane isn't one I'm as in, oh sorry into as Kevin Costner oh she was I love the movie Jack she was Robin Williams mom and oh, Jack oh okay um so this is kind of her hot point in the yeah. 90s early 2000s my dog Skip um Unfaithful sorry with Richard Gere it's called Unfaithful oh, not The Affair Under the Tuscan Sun was she the main lady yes yes oh. See, that's a movie I would know. And that's the one I was trying to tell you guys where she like goes to Paris or whatever. It's it Italy. Is. Italy, yeah. So I know the movie Must Love Dogs. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay. Now she has bigger now, roles, yeah, right? Okay. Yep. Yeah, okay. Now I'm knowing where she's been. Okay. She met up with Richard Gere again many years later in a movie called Nights in Rodin, yeah. which was also a big one. Yeah. So her and Richard Gere have a on-screen romance okay. thing okay. kind of like tom hanks and meg ryan all right thank you all okay right. so you're saying that you appreciate their acting of course they're a-level actors both of them i consider less. a-level obviously kevin costner is one thing that legend. we noticed early on in the movie is that i was, was trying to go over points i like before okay. i went over things i didn't like okay, well, uh, okay. <laughs> continue so acting i liked would be number one i'll give three things i think there's probably three things um two was the scenery and like the visuals oh, yeah. i thought was really nice because it's set in montana north dakota yeah. so it's really pretty countryside really pretty yeah. back sets yep. or backgrounds and the actual like plot and story i thought was actually good i just didn't think it was executed great so i'll <laughs> let samantha give her good or whatever she liked she enjoyed the movie much more than me so she can give more i don't i'm not good at breaking it down like that i can just say that i enjoyed okay here's why i liked the movie i don't have like a three whatever that's just not me i liked the movie because it kept me at one point i was so anxious i couldn't even lay down like i had to sit up from you know where i was laying and just sit there i was so on edge and so anxious and that's when i I like a movie when it like really gets me into it and um where I feel like <laughs> I, I guess so. You I must felt, have, if, for you to feel anxious, the I characters must have, must have drew you in when you cared about it. I must have, have felt it, connected about the characters, which is what I said about Hill House that I didn't yeah. like because we didn't connect. Yeah, I definitely must have felt you know connection to the characters, and um, it was there was a scene where they met the 
wee boy family for the first time and they went to dinner. This is where it really like, they went to dinner with them and they drive out to this extremely secluded house out in the countryside somewhere. And the one boy like drives them out there and they get there and like nobody's there. They're expecting their uh, ex-daughter-in-law to be there and their grandson to be there and they're not there. Um, and then the mom pops up, Blanche, the evil mom, that's the first time we meet her. And then they have this big dinner that she kind of forces them to sit down and have. And that whole scene, I was just so anxious, I couldn't even, like, sit back. Shout-outs to um, the woman who plays the mom. Oh, the, Blanche. The Blanche, because... She did a great job. She actually did a really good job. Like, I hated her. Yeah, and and I True. And you were supposed to. Yeah. Like... I just thought... She's very believable in her role, though. Yes. I thought she did an awesome job. Um, there was... So, yeah. I definitely like movies that kind of keep me on edge. Leslie Manville played Blanche. Can you see of anything else that she's been in? Um, yeah, I can while you talk about some of the stuff. Um, there was another scene in the hotel where they... The family comes to visit them in the motel, and all the boys are there with the mom, and they're already mad at her because they're trying to get the daughter-in-law to leave with them in the middle of the night. So they come, and should I say what happens or no? No. Anyway, something happens, and it... Oh, Milk. That's an old movie. No, not the one Milk you're thinking of. She was in a TV series called The Real Women. She was in... Hmm. A lot of, Maybe a, quite a bit that, of TV, quite yeah, a bit of TV, true. TV, TV, a lot of TV movies or TV Any shows. TV shows that we recognize or no, not really. No, not so much that I know. Law and Order, but you know, who wasn't in Law and Order? Yeah, she was only in three episodes. Hmm. Um, five episodes. She has a like movie appearances or uh, TV appearances mostly. Yeah. Oh, Maleficent, Maleficent would be her biggest movie to date in 2014. Um, the Crown. She's in, guys. Everybody's watching The Crown right now as Princess Margaret. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyways, um, yeah, something happens at the hotel, and that got me all fired up and juiced up, and I don't know. That's why I liked the movie so much. And I mean, okay, so tell them why you don't like it, because I keep wanting to go into that piece. Um... I thought the movie was underwritten. Like, there wasn't a lot of dialogue. So you were really left to just appreciate the scenery, really, because you're just kind of staring at what is the backdrops of a lot of the scenes. There's not a lot between um, Margaret and George's character um, as far as they're talking. But at the same time, you could also picture two... An old couple out west not saying too much to each other. Yeah, true. I, I mean, Don't you think that that made it kind of even better, though? Like, they have... They had so many... We noticed it, like, almost immediately, that there was very little dialogue between them. You were just watching what was happening. You were seeing the way they were interacting with each other, and there was no talking. But yet, we knew exactly what was happening and how they felt. Like, first off, kudos on the acting for that. Um... But I kind of think that makes it, like, even better. The fact that they can write a story like that where you don't need as much talking and you still know what's going on and you can still follow their emotions. And I still got that connected to them. I guess. I thought it made it, made it, eat more, it, made it easier to digest for people who are into long dialogue. But I, I, I appreciate that more. Like, I'll always be more on the side of mad men than I will like 
friends who are like one-liners like jokes like that's just simple I don't think that, that's, that's like simple with this movie though i'm saying that's simple writing versus complicated writing but i don't think this was simple writing i think the lack of dialogue wasn't an act of simplicity i think it was more of like an art tone or more of a way to um use another piece to kind of show that you don't have to have dialogue to i mean there's so many movies out there that have little dialogue and yet it's still such a very like well like i said the dialogue that was small was mostly between them because once they meet the wee boys i mean it does um, pick up the, the dialogue, dialogue pick picks up. up a lot and you see the love between without giving too much away the love between margaret and george that they have without having to say too much to each other right i mean they've been together for years right um but yeah it does show that that's just one thing um and while i said like I liked the plot line. It's been done before. There's been lots of movies like this before. Um, so what's really the spin on it? Because I thought it was awkward that it's set in like the 50s or 60s like time frame. Yeah. There's no... Other than aesthetically, there's no reason to do that. <laughs> that's maybe, just an odd art choice maybe, that I picked up maybe on. Maybe the writer just likes that time. Yeah, thing. I'm just saying. That's yeah. why aesthetically, like to have the cars, the clothes, yeah. the Western backdrop. I get it, but yeah. that's all that's for. There was no reason otherwise. You could have done it now, other than simple phone calls and cop stuff would have made the storyline way more complicated than yeah, two sure. Western people going out there and like fighting to get their kid back. Nowadays, you wouldn't have to really do that. Um,. Maybe, I mean, that's the whole storyline, so maybe that's the purpose behind it. I thought about that. I, I just, to me, that's an odd art choice. I just don't know. I even read a little bit about why they might. There's nothing on that. I guess I'd have to see an interview with the director or the writer on why they chose that. Um, so the dialogue, the time frame really not mattering whatsoever. Um, and then the story being, it's while it it's always in enjoyable because it's like a triumph thing and it gets you emotionally invested it's been done before i've seen it before like a kid getting taken and someone going to get him there's a whole series called taken that's very similar there's it's been done before over and over and over again so this isn't a whole bunch different but if you like that then you'll probably like this i also think this was I think that maybe it was a little different because while the obvious plot line is about a kid being taken and them trying to go rescue them, I think the underlying plot line is more about the love that George had for his wife and how he's literally willing to give any and everything to make her happy and to show that. Mm-hmm. So that's not in the other storylines. No, that, and that's probably one of the best parts yeah. of the film, I thought. And if you're emotionally invested in the characters. I guess I personally never got drawn in. Samantha did, so this is one of the few movies we're going to be like... We're really pretty opposite. Pretty right? opposite, because yeah. I don't give the movie a great grade, and I think Samantha would. Did you did you like actually in, enjoy watching it, though? Like You didn't hate it. It's not like you watched it and like, well, that was a waste of I didn't of hate time. it, but if someone asked me about it, I would personally tell them, oh, let them go. Eh, you can take it or leave it. Whereas I think Samantha would say, well, I'll let you speak. I'm not going to speak for you. If someone said, what do you think of let them go? Should I watch it? 
I would say, yeah, go watch it. But it's not like I'm like, oh, my God, that was like the best movie ever. No. But I would say, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Go watch it. For sure. Um, so if you know Kevin Costner from previous movies and acting, you are expecting him to, like, especially knowing the storyline, right, of what's happening and this family has them and these are, like, big tough guy family you're expecting him to just kind of be like coming in and being a total badass and just, you know, from the start, just take a place. But he's not. There are scenes where the the family members kind of prey on his wife, I'd say. Um, or even I think one of them may have smacked her or tried to, you know, hit her or something. And he wants to go stand up for her and save her during that minute but he like he kind of gets a little timid he like you know backs down to the family members and that's kind of one of the parts that i liked because i thought it was realistic because one of my big complaints because we'll never review these movies from taken is liam neeson is like 60 something years old and he's going through these like young guys and just whooping butt yeah and it's like okay dude like yeah. i believe matt damon in the born series because right, he was right, young right. and in shape and yeah he could whoop ass yeah. But Liam Neeson, so yeah. like Kevin Costner at 60 when he's surrounded by three 20-year-olds that are in shape, like he should get his butt kicked. That's yeah. realistically yeah. what would happen. But even... It is tough to watch because you're like, oh my God, Kevin Costner and Robin Hood, like when I first right. saw him was like amazing. And just or Waterworld. Or Waterworld. <laughs> or even The Postman. If you see that, it's like a futuristic thing. Yeah. And he's just kicking butt and to see him not... At first, it was kind of weird and we taken really aback. We were really thrown off by it. I but think then, as I, I digested it, I'm like, it's real though. Like yeah. he's sixty something years old, maybe yeah. older, maybe in his seventies. Like yeah. he shouldn't be whooping butt. And then they meet this young, um, I, can't, I don't, I don't me- young Native American played yeah. by an up and coming actor because I've actually looked him up. He's in some stuff coming, um, Boo Boo Stewart. And he is just off in the countryside with his horse, and they just happen to run into him. And they have, like, this weird, like, emotional connection with him. And it's very early on in the movie, and Corey's like, oh, that's totally who they're going to come, and he's going to come through at the end and save them and do some stuff. Which, I mean, he they do come th- back around to him, but I think you were expecting more out I of him. I was expecting more because, as I said, like I started to catch on, okay, Kevin Costner's aging. Yeah. Like, they're going to somebody young they're gonna need out. the young guy to come in, and we don't know much about this guy's backstory. Yeah, maybe very he, mysterious. Maybe he was, like, a badass yeah. that was whooping people's yeah. butts, and we don't know that yet. But, but he, he wasn't. wasn't. <laughs> He wasn't at all. He was still a scaredy no. cat like he seemed yeah. to be. Um, but he did help. He did But help. not as Not much. the way you were expecting no. him to. I thought he was going to come in guns blazing yeah. with Kevin Costner in the end. And, and take him out. And that is not. He actually just kind of saves Margaret, which is a big part, but... He more it, or less just kind of leads her and backs her up. Yes. He doesn't really do any fighting at all. No, he does no fighting. Um, but, of course, you know, just hang tight, guys, because Kevin Costner does come through. <laughs> yeah. He does have a badass scene, so... <laughs> Hang tight, you know. Seemed like he needed to not get jumped by three 20-year-olds <laughs> and kind of have a game plan yeah. of what he was going to go yeah. do. And that helps. Yeah, and I think the ending might surprise you a little bit. It definitely, I think, surprised me. I mean... It was guess, headed that way. Yeah, I was just going to say, I feel like you could see it going that way, but you're still kind of hopeful. After it happens, and... if you read, if you watch the movie again, there's, like, I think I picked up on three different parts where they allude to that. Um, I don't want to go into it because then I'd just be giving away the ending. But there's three different things that allude to the ending. Oh, really? Yeah. 
You'll have to tell me about it later then. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the ending is, you know, I can't say I loved the ending a whole lot. I loved like the last scenes, like when Kevin Costner was a badass, that was fun. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a, overall, I thought it was an interesting movie and I enjoyed it because like I said, it kept me, my attention was there. It kept me involved. I had emotion, I had connection. Um, I was anxious as hell. <laughs> Uh, so I, I'd say I enjoyed it. It was a good movie. If you like, like a modern day Western almost, I would almost yeah, call it. Yeah, I would too. And, and you like that kind of scenery too. I think you'll really, you, I, my guess would be you'd really enjoy this movie. And if you're not into Westerns, because I, that's not something I would say that I'm into, I think you can still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think it has enough. What do you think the audience this movie was trying to reach? Do you that's think, what I was just to think, do you of. think like casting Diane Lane and Kevin Costner, they are going to hit like our parents' di- uh, demographic. Do you think probably. that's probably what they were hitting anyways? Yeah, so like a say, really... Because it's got about the grand, a grandchild. And... Well, I think that might be more like why the dialogue is easily digestible, why like it's more simple. The, well, the plot line is simple. Not that the I've characters seen Westerns at all, but our Westerns like lower in dialogue mm-hmm. and more in action. And mm-hmm. that's kind of how... And it's not even action like action movie. It's just action like them doing stuff like you literally see them communicating just by looking at each other i would say it's more like a suspense movie almost than an yeah. action let's call a it like thriller, a thriller right would it be a thriller yeah i mean you, you call it like a suspense thriller western yeah it, it has kind of its own thing yeah it definitely does pull in the western stuff but i, I wouldn't give it like it's, if you're not into westerns don't worry it's still a good movie it's not clint eastwood shooting it yeah, out yeah, in no. the old no, town no. in the desert it's just yeah. country area with yeah. some horses you know they wear cowboy boots but they're not like super western people um okay so what was your grade overall then a c a c i would say my grade would be a b i enjoyed it i thought mm-hmm. it was good i did watch um i mentioned in the last podcast mulan yep with my uh, daughters, I ended up finishing it on my own because neither one seemed too interested. Didn't hold their attention enough. No. Yeah. Um, I caught bits and pieces of it. I think I was cooking or making breakfast or something. Um, I'd say positives where they strayed away from the original. Like, I'd hear a lot of complaints about, like, The Lion King is the exact same movie. Like, yeah. why did they redo it to do the exact same one? True. And I kind of agreed with it because Dumbo was really different. They went way well, off. A lot of people had good things about Beauty and the Beast, and that one was the same storyline. Mm-hmm. And I think it was hard for people to kind of pick one side or the other because Dumbo, a lot of the critics were saying, it's not the same movie. You just yeah. did a whole different movie. And Disney's response kind of was because the first one was only an hour long. Well, not even. I think it plays out at 58 minutes, and it wasn't much of a story like there's not a lot there so we just extended it because you can do so much with that character Mm -hmm. so they made it its own thing and then Mulan they took the basis of the story of her going to war for her family but added some characters and the same person that did the fight scenes and Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon which was like people like like flying through the air like way over the top they she uh, did the same kind of scenes in Mulan and I actually thought, it, I like that. It's like almost like kung fu style, like yeah, I, different. I think those scenes were good. I think the one piece that they took out that everybody, I think, was the most upset about was the music. Because Mulan, 
may not have been like the most popular movie storyline wise with kids, but I think the mu- the music was so um, catchy and pulled you in and there's not a single piece of music in no, there. No, it's not. Um, the other thing is that I heard critics say is the actress that plays Mulan, while she doesn't do a bad job, she almost seems like very like Chinese culture, like show no emotion. Yeah. And That's so she's true. not very emotional through the yeah. movie. So it's like, how am I drawn? Again, why do I care about right, this character? Right. She's not showing me much. Yeah. Which I guess I didn't care about because if you watch the original one, you know the story. And they tried to make it emotional by adding a character. They added this witch that is not in the original. Mm-hmm. Um, and because this witch was an outcast because she was a female warrior and she wanted Mulan to not feel that way and like take control of being a powerful woman which that element i liked another like power like women i, yeah. I see more and more movies yeah. we're gonna probably review a few with a female heroine right yeah um so she like pushed mulan to accept what she is being a great warrior and that part i liked um i didn't hear too many critics response on that i don't know how they felt about it so aesthetically i thought it was like a beautiful movie and i could tell this Disney admitted that Mulan was the movie they put the most money into for 2020. That's yeah, why they needed all this revenue back. That's why they did the 30 thing and everything else. I didn't they know that until I like delved into it, and they then I saw it. Didn't get what they were expecting no. out of it. And then I saw it. Only and I was because like, of what happened. Oh, I yeah. see. They had a huge cast because they were able to film these war scenes. The um, the costumes are incredible. Yeah. The the cinematography is incredible. The fight scenes are incredible. The only thing you could say is the storyline and the characters not showing a whole lot of emotion. Um, so I gave that movie a B, though. I still think it's worth a watch. Um, I enjoyed it. It seemed... I, I mean, like I said, I was watching it here and there. And from what I was seeing it, was especially the end at the end, when they were doing more of the fighting and stuff, that was drawing my attention in a little bit more. Um, the kids kind of watched i'd say the kids would watch maybe in the beginning and then again the end in the middle kind of like so if you have little ones um there's not a lot in the middle that really grabs their attention the other thing that changed if there was music and stuff in there i think it they would have gotten better the other thing that changed too was um her spirit animal is a dragon that follows her through much yeah. and they decided to go with a phoenix and the phoenix doesn't really talk or anything, right? It doesn't it talk or anything, up. just shows up at different scenes so kind of helping thing, her. that's too. It's missing the comic relief of that dragon. Yeah, there's no Eddie Murphy comic relief. And I was expecting that because she got to the scene where she kind of got introduced to it. And I was like, wait, Corey, where's the little dragon? And he goes, it's not in here. And yeah, that's another big piece that's missing too. Two of the pieces that really draw people in, the comic relief and the music. Especially children. Yeah, I know. It's more adult-driven. Yeah. But it's also, I think it was a PG-13, so it was already aimed at an older audience. Which is strange, because their other ones, I think, have not been like that. It was more violent than a lot of them. The fighting is pretty intense, yeah, they and took you like see a, people die. They kind of took like a darker twist on it, a more serious role mm-hmm. on the movie. That's interesting. I wonder why they did that. I don't know. But that's my short review of Mulan. I enjoyed it. It's worth if it. Now it's on Disney+. Plus. If you have Disney+, Plus, you yeah. can watch it for free. Free streaming. Yeah. Well... Free on Disney Plus streaming. Yeah, correct. 
Um, okay, so plans for the upcoming... Okay, so we've also... I don't know if we talked about this last week, but we have recently gotten to Queen's Gambit, and we will do a full review once we have finished the season. We just watched episode three. Yeah, we told them we started. We're going to... After we cut this podcast, we're going to try to fit another one in. Maybe two more, because I'm really into it. Yeah, and I want to pump it out as quick as we can so we can get it to you guys. Yeah. I'll be excited for that review, because I am also getting really drawn in. The first episode, I was like, man, this really is all about chess. Like, I was told it wasn't. I don't know how I'm going to be into it. And then right away, episode two is not about chess. And I'm like, okay. And then it like drew I'm, me in from there. I'm so into it. So yeah. if you haven't watched it and you just watch it and we'll do the review and then we can you can hear about what we think together. Um, but so yeah, we are working on that and we're really... You know what we took? We watched the first episode, I think, when we recorded the last podcast. And then Corey worked all week. Um, so we didn't get to watch another episode. <laughs> And so now he's on kind of a longer break right now, but so hopefully we can pump it out while you're on your break and mm-hmm. finish it up. But it's funny because like we watched the first episode and we're like, yeah, that was pretty good. And then when we picked up the second episode, I was just kind of like, yeah, let's finish it. We started it. But now I'm like so into it. And I'm just like ready to finish and it. And another one, a movie that we are going to try to get to you guys soon is Ava. Um, Jessica Chastain is one of my favorite actresses. I've seen, I think all of her movies, uh, Definitely my top five. I always look out for her movies. So this one is one I've been waiting to see, but then everything hit while this movie was going into theaters, and now it's released. Yeah, um, so, so that's that went straight to Netflix now. So I'm excited for that one. And then we talked about also Peppermint, which is a 2018 movie, so it's not brand new, but I think it just got released to Netflix. So a lot of people have been watching it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we thought about if we can squeeze it in to watch maybe Ava and Peppermint and kind of compare them. They're both shorter films. Very similar storyline. Yeah, they're about an hour and a half each. So um, we're going to try to fit both if we can. Yeah. And if not, maybe we'll do Ava one week. We're going to do Ava for sure. I'm not going to promise you guys Peppermint. We'll try. Because we're going to maybe Peppermint the week after and then compare them together then. We'll see what we can figure out. But yeah. Yeah. And there's also... um, I was running through movies that are getting some... Oscar buzz that I want to do for you guys. Uh, Uncle Frank on Amazon. Oh, yeah. um, Amazon just released another new one. It's I'm blanking. A black box on Amazon. Yeah. I want to do. So we have a whole bunch of episodes coming. We got, we some, got yeah, plenty to ideas. give you guys. Yeah. I don't think there's any other TV shows that we're looking at, but who knows what's going to come out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if we if this podcast really starts to pick up steam too. Um, Samantha and I may look into getting HBO Max because they just signed a deal with Warner Brothers. All their movies are going straight to HBO Max. So Wonder Woman, which is a huge movie that's going to miss. And there's a new show on HBO. The the Undoing, yes. And And that's on HBO Max. So Dune, which I showed Samantha she has no interest in, but that's the movie I'm most excited for for 2020. That's coming to HBO Max. That's a Warner Brothers 2020 film. 2020 or 2020? It's already out. It's coming to HBO Max. 2021? 2021. They're okay, all going to be there. Sorry. So that's just one of them. Uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. I know we may not review that at all, but that's a, <laughs> that's a big one because they had they like started to reboot the Godzilla series, and then they did reboot King Kong Skull Island, and now they're going to clash it. Uh, there was like six or seven movies that were big movies. Um, if you guys are into the Matrix series, I personally aren't. Matrix Four coming to Wait, HBO. what? Yep, coming to HBO Max. Matrix Four. Keanu Reeves is like on this new upswing because he's of those, not in it. Yeah. Oh lord. Because of those John Wick movies, like just swinging him back up. 
Uh, so <laughs> somebody mentioned Keanu Reeves, I don't know, like a month or so ago, and I was like, Keanu who? <laughs> I think they thought I was serious too. And I was like, no, guys, I really know who he is. Just saying, yeah, he's, he's been around. He's not an actress I'm in. I'm into whatsoever, and Samantha I don't think is either. No. So it's not anything. I mean, we'll, I watched the Matrix if series, he, if, but if there's a big movie coming out that we think needs to be reviewed, of course we'll do it for you guys if he's in it. But yeah. right now, I'm not going to be anxious to do any of his no. stuff. So don't plan on a Matrix 4 review unless things get real dark out here. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll be better than we think. Yeah. Who knows? All right. Well, lots to look forward to. Um, hopefully we can wrap up the year nicely, I think. Um, maybe we'll consider a little break between the holiday, um, Christmas and New Year. We'll see about that, though. I mean, as well, D- you know. Disney Plus did that movie, Safety, that came straight to Disney <gasps> right, Plus that I want to do. Movie. Um, it's about the Clemson football team, which I've been into yeah, since moving down here. Yeah, that might be one that here. we can watch to and throw in one week with yeah. another movie. That's something. I, it, I think I looked up. It doesn't look too long. Yeah, I don't imagine. It's a feel-good movie, so I was hoping maybe your mom could watch it with us, too. Oh, it's sure. a family movie. Yep, so. I'm sure she would. All right. Well, lots to look forward to. Um, like we said earlier thanks for listening we appreciate yeah thank you adele and taylor we really appreciate the viewership (laughs) if you guys could get some of your followers to follow us that would be great share the wealth girls share the wealth (laughs) um but seriously if you are listening please um rate or share it with your friends um review any of that good stuff help us get the word out a little bit and, oh, last week, Corey had said that the producers told him it was episode five. Well, the producers lied to you. Last week was episode eight. Oh, uh, okay. So this is episode nine? Episode nine. Okay. Okay. So I don't know what producer you talked to, <laughs> but he was wrong. Probably pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Pumpkins are a cat. <laughs> All right. Well, until next week. Bye-bye. Okay, another test chat. I want to see how the microphone works. Well, I'm trying to get my notes together. Well, just tap, chat, chat. Okay. How was, how's your life going? Yeah, great.